You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast with your hosts, Monster Defense and Michael Panda. Available on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other podcast streaming platforms. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. Your host here, Monster Deface. Joining me today, as always, is our co-host, the Life of Panda. Life, you've been on some new trajectory lately with the Pokemon Go cars, <laughs> man. Talk to me about it. Hey, man, Pokemon's blowing up in the content space, man. You got Zeke. Uh, from Epic getting on board, you got Creo opening packs. I mean, it's it's wild out here for Pokemon. Listen, and for all our listeners, if you guys play Pokemon Go like myself, get on it. Big update coming around the corner. I'm not going to sit too much on it, but I thought it was a cool way to kind of kick it off here. Just talking about how the Fortnite community, you know, it flips and flops, trends come and go. And that's basically going to be our first topic of the day. But before we get there, ladies and gentlemen... I just want to give a shout out to our listeners for tuning in through Spotify, Apple Radio, Dash Music, all that good stuff. Thank you guys for tuning in. Or I totally butchered that, but you know what? We're not perfect. Mistakes were made. But Dash Radio, Apple Music. <laughs> Thanks, all listeners, guys. Welcome back to another great episode here today. Hopefully, laid out for you. It's going to be episode 124. We got some fun topics. One of them being major content creators, Nick Merckx, Tinder Tab Man, returning to Fortnite. We talk about flipping and flopping trends coming and going. Panda, what does this mean for the community? Because I feel like we're on the second, I guess, second wind for Fortnite here. I definitely believe so. So with everything going on, we know we got big events coming, et cetera, to Fortnite. Uh, and the dynamic of Fortnite has really uh, changed. And I think this season has been an incredible season. So much so that it has brought some of these major creators back. We've had Courage JD tweeting out about how he, he's considering putting Fortnite back in the rotation. Now we have Nick Merckx and Cypher PK playing, and Nick saying on stream and on Twitter that not only is he putting Fortnite back in his rotation, but he's doing FNCS, that he's grinding, and he's going to put back in the work on Fortnite. So it's going to be crazy to see him. But on top of that, you got the fall damage king, Tim the Tapman, returning to Fortnite for the one time. And uh, it was really cool to see these major content creators that were there in the beginning it made you drawn in as a as a viewer to watch these guys play this game together. Uh, super exciting to see them back, and it, and it's going to be cool to see if they uh, stick around. Yeah, and someone like Tim Tatman, who now averages 50,000, 60,000 viewers a stream session, this is huge for the Fortnite category. It's huge for the attention that the game's going to get as the months go on now, if they do continue to, I guess, stick with it, right? Um yeah. Think about it. These guys are called influencers for a reason. They literally influence the masses. Look at what happened with games like Among Us or Fallout, guys. Big profiles jump on it. The entire world wants to play it. And I feel like we're looking at an instance of this happen all over again, right? It's happening all over again. I feel like it started with Ninja. Ninja dabbled back in right after the Ninja battles. He started playing a little more. Mm -hmm. And literally... If it wasn't for him, maybe someone like Nick Merckx or Tim the Tatman or Courage in this instance wouldn't have wanted to play, right? They wouldn't have wanted to play. And yeah. now that they are again, they're realizing, hey, this game's still kind of fun. Like, there's a lot of fun to be had here. And I'm sure even for our listeners at home, some of you guys may play, maybe you don't, right? But there's a time here now to hop back in. This is the time to hop back in because the game is constantly evolving. There's always something new coming to the table, I guess we should say here. Yeah, and I think this collaboration with Marvel and then the loot pool mixed with all of that has really brought like a fresh take on the game. I mean, I played pubs the other day for the first time because I'd been playing arena hardcore this season. 
Um, but I played pubs the other day, and I forgot how enjoyable this season uh, public matches are. I mean, going in, getting the abilities, uh, the loot pool, like the crazy rotations, uh, and and the fact that skill based matchmaking, yes, is still like kind of in the game, but I feel like it's not as crazy as it was. Like it was, it was actually super nice to just be able to run around, uh, slay out, man, get some victory royales with the boys, uh, which is always fun. I mean, I can't say I played Arena today. 10 out of 10 games got dropped in all of them, but I had a good time. That was mainly due to the <laughs> Twitch chat just being, yeah, nothing but Vazi had a good time. But I think the, the bigger picture here, guys, and, and the takeaway, I guess I should say, is, man, influencers, they change the landscape. They change it so much. I'm very, very, very happy to see people like Nick Merckx in a tap, man, jumping back on the game. It does well for the lifespan of the game. Let's talk about players that have quit playing Fortnite, right? You talk about Dr. Lupo stepped away. Right, and I guess the most notorious, mm -hmm. one of the biggest ones, someone like Tifu, who was the number one streamer in the Fortnite category after Ninja changed platforms. He also stopped playing Fortnite for a long time, and I mean, he played a little bit recently because he was invited to some, you know, community tournaments. I should say, I think it was yeah. Twitch Rivals, uh, the most recent. Mm -hmm. But think about that. Think about what it means to be the number one streamer on a platform, but also within the game category and leave. That hurts the game's category, and it hurts the lifespan of the game, right? So I feel like having these creators come back is going to do very, very good. And it's going to buy more time for Fortnite on the Twitch space. You know, I got to agree. And this just in, Cloaksy tweeting out that he is returning to Fortnite this oh, week with yeah. Nick Merckx. So another major content creator blowing up in the Warzone space, coming back over to Fortnite, said, you know what, I'm going to give it another shot. This is exciting, man. Seeing all these guys really get back together, and just have fun. That was the big thing, right? We loved watching these guys get together and have fun playing the game. Towards the end there of when they were playing it before, they were aggravated, agitated. It made it less enjoyable to watch them as a viewer. But now they're back, and they're truly enjoying the game. That tells you that there's something special going on. Yeah, that's awesome. So for those of you guys at home, jump back into Fortnite World if you haven't in a little while. Maybe you will find <laughs> something you like. And if you are playing on a consistent basis and, you know, Publix are not your forte, competitive is, you're going to have to stay tuned for a little more because we have more to talk about here on the pub side or I guess the general lifespan side. It's the event. And I'm air quoting here when I say the event, guys, because, uh, Panda, I mean, you know a little more about this, but apparently <laughs> there's something really big coming to Fortnite. All right, so let's talk about it. We've known this entire season, Galactus is here and he is flying at the map, right? Well, Donald Mustard, a couple weeks back, goes on a podcast. This is the first time I've ever seen him on a on podcast, mind you. Uh, and he starts saying stuff like, this event is going to be the biggest event Fortnite has ever done. It's going to change the trajectory of what happens in Fortnite, right? So this is huge. Now we're almost there. We're within a few weeks of the end of the season. You know, all the we're in the last update that we're going to get for the season. Uh, you know, the, the leaks are coming out. Nobody's fully leaking the event, fortunately. But man, oh man, what we've seen so far, this Galactus event is going to change the game. And I am all for it. You know, Monster Deface tweeted out earlier today, if I'm not mistaken, saying, hey, how many of you want that old map back Ooh. for science? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. 
it, 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 there's some potential for that now, Monster. There is. There's always potential for everything. Obviously, I was just hitting up a little teaser, a little bait, right? Like, I like to bait the community too, get my impressions on, get people talking, get the buzz <laughs> going. But also, it lets me gauge the community interest and where people stand. For those of you guys that don't know, Donald Musser is the worldwide creator or creative director at Epic Games. So he's the worldwide creative director at Epic Games. He's the guy that reaches out to Marvel and say, hey, you guys are great. We're great. Let's work together. Let's do this battle pass, right? He does all these crazy, I guess, narratives and storylines and the lore of Fortnite. And we have seen, I guess, a ramp up in the lore in the recent times. And especially considering that he was on that recent podcast, right? He jumped on there. He was talking about the future of Fortnite, where it's been going, the direction he wants to take it. And honestly, it's been that. It's been reflected within the direction of Fortnite recently. If you guys listen to our past one or two episodes, we've praised Epic for doing a lot of things right, right? We're talking about running the direction of the FN competitive Twitter in a new Mm -hmm. way, in a new light. The way that the loopholes are now being taken a little more seriously and split up. Of course, it's not perfect because 100% chess spawns need a return to the game. But it has been a very, very much um, different course of action and, and pathing for Fortnite. So now, this leads us to Donald Mustard, right? When he says it's going to be big and it's the biggest thing ever, I want to say I trust his word for it. I mean, the Travis Scott event astronomical event that was crazy that was huge they did some new stuff with the new engine in fortnite it's the first time that in my opinion we've seen something of fortnite go down this crazy scale of what could be with these alternate universes and all this wild stuff right talk about the volt event he said that was going to be a huge event it's going to change the game it did it literally changed the game because people got to get in the game and vault on what was going to come back to the game out of the vault right so do you believe him when he says this is going to be the biggest event ever i think you have to at this point He, he hasn't steered us wrong as a community up until this point and you know, as that creative director, he's always teasing stuff, whether it be on his socials, etc. Um, but man, oh man, like imagine, I mean, just just imagine, right? So Galactus, if you don't know, is one of the biggest villains in Marvel history. He is the uh, destroyer of worlds. Uh-huh. Just let that sink in. I'm just saying, something's about to happen, and I am all for it. Yeah, so my early guess is he's definitely going to destroy the Fortnite world as we know it. And what does that mean? With destruction comes rebuilding. So will we see is the real question. New POIs come into the game or old ones return back to the Fortnite world? And that's what my Twitter tease is all about. Asking people, do you really want the old Fortnite map? Is this something you guys want to see, those nostalgic drop spots? Or do you enjoy coming in with the fresh, with the new drops like Coral Castle and learning and loving what else is being introduced to the Fortnite world? Because Fortnite's come such a long way, right? Just the way the map plays out, it's so much more flat now. Yes, it's still dynamic, but you see how much of a headache it is climbing up those mountains in the endgame and whatnot. (laughs) That's what the original map was all about, right? It was very, very much mountainous. And the terrain, the biomes, they were all over the place. So you don't really know what you're going to get. Um, and that that's all, again, teasers set out. And this is not in our show notes, but I, I want to run this by you, Panda. Did you get yeah. to see the whole NVIDIA X, or I guess I should say 
Is it NVIDIA or is it Razer in this instance? One of the two. I believe it was NVIDIA. Cloud-based, pretty much trying to open up this new innovative way to bring Fortnite mobile back to iOS devices. Did you see this partnership potentially so, happening? So, yes. I've been, I've actually got it, the and was uh, it beta NVIDIA? test, the software. It is. It's NVIDIA GeForce Now is what the program is called. And so I got to beta test this last year because when I was traveling a lot, I was super interested in it. Um, for work, and I had a MacBook Pro, and obviously, um, gaming on a MacBook Pro is just super hard. Not existing. So, <laughs> what this program does is it allows you to stream uh, a game from their computers at NVIDIA, and it's basically, when it runs on your device, it's running as a video, but you're controlling it. So, you're controlling the actions of a game, but you're not putting all the strain on your device, right? So, like you mentioned... What NVIDIA has done is they have found a way around uh, Apple's little agreement uh, because they, they made a separate agreement to put GeForce Now in the App Store. So it looks like soon you're going to be able to play Fortnite again on iOS, but just through the GeForce Now app. That's so interesting, taking this to an all-new cloud-based system so you will be able to play it just with some different kinks and workarounds, and hopefully it's going to be low latency, super good experience, right? And maybe, who knows, maybe you'll just be controlling your Fortnite account on a PC of some sorts, right? So it could also yeah. just open up the possibility, endless possibility for frames and just a, a much better experience than we probably ever would have thought. But here goes Epic again pushing the boundaries, overcoming hurdles, and once again, trying to move the ball for the esports industry and for the world at whole. This is a big one to me. It just kind of sprung up into my mind. Talk about Donald Mustard, <laughs> the creative director, right? And all the wacky stuff that he's always working on. Um, that's one of them. Now, on the other side, this is also up Donald Mustard's alley and his his lane here. It's the Venom Cup. It's the Marvel Tournament. Uh, tournament it's putting all of this money into creative ltms i want to ask you two questions here and we're going to start with this one here first what do you yeah. think about ltms in fortnite having million dollar tournaments is this something that um has been well received or do you think you know the creative direction there is going in the wrong direction so i think when it was initially announced right on the heels of the lowest prize pool they had seen in fncs right the community was like, oh, man, I don't know how I feel about this. But now that they've played in these tournaments, I've actually seen a lot of positive feedback, even from pros saying, hey, like, keep it up. This is actually a little bit of fun. Like, to, it changes up the everyday pace of the game when you're sitting there and you're grinding scrims in one way and then being able to switch it up in a, a new creative and, and fun way to do it. I think it's actually kind of nice, personally. And from what I've seen so far in the community, uh, it's been very not necessarily one-sided in the in the sense that everybody loves it, uh, but it is definitely leaning more towards people actually enjoying this as a format. So it'll be interesting to see how many people participate in the one million dollar uh, tournament following off the heels of the Venom Cup yesterday. And what do you think about the future of LTMs and things like the Venom Cup, the Marvel Cup? Do you think this is Epic saying we're still tapping into that casual side but now in a different way or is this just some ploy right now to just once again hype up the marvel theme and kind of push it i'm just asking like do you see a bigger picture here the grand scheme um for for them investing in this because honestly these tournaments they're a lot of money and they're going across obviously the multiple different regions as well 
And we're seeing that downtrend, right, for the competitive ecosystem. So how how does that all play a part, right? Where do you think this leaves the player base? I think you're right in the sense that this is their way to draw more casual people into playing into a competitive sense or playing in a competitive sense. And I think with Marvel, this was the perfect opportunity for them to do it, right? You take a super popular property like Marvel and you throw it into an LTM uh, tournament of sorts and make that work. You have to think, too. They've been testing um, LTM tournaments, not with a prize pool, um, but in a point system for the last two, three seasons. So I think they've either, A, been leading up knowing that they're doing this Marvel tournament for three seasons, or B, they're saying, you know what, we kind of want to look at the, the scope of what an LTM tournament would look like and see if people would enjoy it. Because, I mean, honestly, if I'm hopping into a solid gold solo tournament, GG to the rest of the lobby because I'm taking it. Is that your strong suit? Get yourself all the legendaries and you if, feel really good? Yeah, I'm saying if, I, if, if it's balanced, man, and I have, I have all legendary, you have all legendary, I feel a little bit more confident over here. Just like that. I mean, again, I want to give my take on this, guys. I think them investing in this whole creative LTM side of things, I think it is a ploy. I think it all is a strategy to, like you said, get players to get a taste of competitive. Also change up the atmosphere, the mood a little bit so that you can still earn, but mix up the pacing because burnout is true. Burnout is real, right? This goes for every, I guess, every job, every work every every career aspect right like people can get burnt out man and think about it if you're playing a video game this can become very redundant very repetitive quickly right and although fortnite is one of those games that never you know no no two games are ever the same it's still yeah. it, it's about the routine right um i want to ask you this question do you think there's too many tournaments in fortnite right now because this is a hot topic for some for me i really do believe there's way too much going on right now, including the Venom Cup, including the Marvel Cups. I just think there's no moments to breathe. You know, that's actually a good point that I haven't really thought about, right? Is the fact that we've been nonstop putting some kind of competitive event forward every week, multiple times a week. Sometimes like with DreamHack happening several times a month, you had FNCS that takes the course of several weeks. Uh, and then you have all these community tournaments that are popping up. I think it's good. And I think things like the Venom Cup kind of change up and, and feed into like a different market. Because it, obviously, every pro player is not going to switch over and do the Venom Cup, right? But you have a different set of people that are going to focus on that. Uh, so I definitely think there are a lot, is a lot going on. But I don't know if it's exhausting to follow or if it's enjoyable. I feel like it's a balance between the two. It's hard to kind of go one way or another here, Monster. I mean, I'm, I can talk from two sides of different fences. On one side, bring on the events. I'm getting paid. I'm <laughs> casting most of them, right? Like, it's nonstop action. On the other side, as someone who is also a third-party tournament organizer for the community, there's no room. There's barely any room to do something cool with the community on a creative front and a creative aspect. Not to mention we're missing all the tools on the custom side to really have full creative freedom and reign. But also, there's another problem here. How many dream hacks do you have to jam within a month, within these week periods, before we really even start to disregard them as big tournaments? Because you're talking $250,000 
month happening so consistently so often but also like where's the champion of the last event how do you really get to sit in the moment and enjoy being a winner when you know you got to prove yourself two weeks later right and all your accolades all of a sudden don't matter that's my biggest fear is that is Fortnite moving too fast in a sense that all these tournaments don't even you know really let the champions uh marinate and and enjoy being at the top of the platform because it's non-stop yeah i you know i can kind of agree with that right especially with a lot of these pro players playing in multiple regions when it comes to dreamhack and you're playing it weekend like literally week after week after week and then there's like maybe a two-week break and then it's back at it again right I think people have already started to look at DreamHack as a like, hey, it's just a a quick, it's almost like a cash cup is what they're treating it like versus an actual major format uh, tournament like an FNCS. Yeah. So I I could definitely see that. That makes actually a lot of sense. And and that's that's my point. Like, I feel like there was a point in time where you looked at a player and you're like, dang, this is the guy that just won, you know, X, Y, Z. And they got mm-hmm. to you got to sit in that platform for so long on that on that podium I should say you got to stand on that podium for a while. Now, man, uh, I mean, I cast a lot of these events, but I can't tell you who probably won the last DreamHack, let alone the one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I feel like they're just yeah. happening so fast. Um, and that's one of my fears. It's one of my fears for Fortnite is that too much tournament, you know, or, or let me step back here. This is one of those instances where it's like. Too much of good things can be a bad thing too sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm just looking at it from a different lens I view lately where I'm just like, man, you know, as much as I love casting all this and, and being active and busy, I am noticing that they're just happening nonstop. There's not a moment for the players to breathe. There's not a moment for other organizers to really step in. And, you know, it, it, it kind of creates this repetitious cycle. And that's what I... I was gathering away from the whole idea of like, do these Venom Cups and these Marvel Cups break that up? Or did it just feed into the cycle of, we're never going to let you stop as long as you want to make money, keep playing the game, keep competing, right? But then it also lowers the podium and the platform for the people that actually participate. Yeah, I I definitely think it it strangles the ability to uh, host community events outside of DreamHack and what Fortnite's doing. Because... You're right in the sense that they have put like like FNCS happened literally simultaneously with DreamHack happening around it. So it was like there was no really no real time to breathe between those tournaments. And then now again, three weeks out of the month, DreamHack is taking place. Now plus you got Wednesdays taken up by a Marvel Cup, a Marvel theme cup. Yeah. So I get it. And I, I will say, for the most part, with like the Venom Cup, for instance, they're competing for a skin versus money. But now that we're going into a Marvel $1 million tournament, like people are actually going to put some effort into it because there's some money on the line for it. So that, again, is another event drawing away from the community to be able to really do something, especially in a broadcast angle. And again, we're cherry-picking here. We're pricking, you know, little its and bits. You know, want to kind of crack open the seed here and really dive into what could be an issue for some, what could ultimately you know change up the the roadmap for epic talk about i guess issues that have been popping up in the scene let's talk about major influencers and how they've been promoting skin selling and i don't know if they know this but that's against terms of services panda 
Yeah, I mean, I I get it, right? These they're they're young. They see the new skin, and it's not an easy skin to get because you have to go to like Japan and, and buy a switch from Japan or Korea to get this skin, right? So they're like, oh man, how do I get this? They tweet out, oh, how do I get this? And one of these uh, sketchy sellers approach them, be like, hey, listen, I'll give you the skin for free. You shout me out, and they're like, oh yeah, I'll do that for a skin. When in reality, they're number one devaluing their brand. And then putting their accounts at risk because they bought off a skin seller or interacted with a skin seller and shouted them out. And that's against terms of service, like Monster mentioned. Yeah, there I was mean, this player. I was just going to jump on. There was this player. Yeah. I think he went by the name of Ghost Zarby, if I'm not mistaken, from OCE. And someone can fact check me on this one. But anyways, there was this one player. He got banned. He lost his uh, creator code because he was promoting one of those, you know, I, I want to call it sketchy. I didn't know much about it, but... He was promoting a skin-selling website. He was promoting something that was clearly against terms and services. I feel yeah. like within Fortnite in particular, in specific here, it's almost like you need to have people get caught on a regular basis to remind everyone <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I forgot. You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, which is crazy. But again, back to like the fact that it, it does devalue your brand, too. You have brands that approach you and they're like, oh man, his Twitter has 500,000 uh, followers on it. Like, we should approach them with a brand deal. And then they look at, oh, wait, he did a brand deal for a skin seller. Like, okay, well, maybe I'll just give him a couple hundred bucks and he'll shout me out instead of bringing the thousands of dollars that your Twitter and your following genuinely could be worth in a brand deal. Yeah, there is a lot of situations here that that can go either which way and make things go awry but one of the biggest things to take away from this if you're a player out there if you've been thinking about uh taking a shortcut to get to a skin or something like that second uh i, I want you to second guess yourself on that one you know think twice about it think long <laughs> and hard before you you know give away your credentials listen as an influencer in this space panda i cannot tell you the amount of dms i get of people that lose their accounts their accounts quote unquote get hacked they enter into these wager websites and they lose their money or they weren't paid on a bet or they scrimmed against a, a pro streamer and he kept his money so they want me to ban him from practice like there are so many instances and this is wow. one of those ones that unfortunately having big streamers having these leak uh, channels or profiles support skin selling or any of these kind of shady um, opportunities out there really opens up a can of worms for a lot of people out there, including myself. Yeah. Oh, man, it, it's crazy. It really is uh, one of those things that it, you you don't know where they get the skins from, right? They're most likely uh, like botting codes, stolen, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, stolen information, stealing accounts, etc. And that's what they sell. But you you're as a brand, you're a like a, a hundred a multi thousand dollar, if not multi million dollar brand on a social platform, etc., And you're setting yourself up to look like a chump, especially to brands when you're just giving out or, or encouraging people to buy a $150 skin from this one guy on Twitter because he helped you out. Like it just, there's no equal value there. That guy's going to make probably a couple thousand dollars, if not more off selling these, these Fortnite skins. And what did you get out of it? One skin? All right, so talking about setting yourself up for, let's just say, failure or risk in this instance, 
What do you think about Epic introducing the app called House Party and integrating it into the Fortnite game where players can video chat with people while playing? We've seen screenshots, we've seen leaks of this. Do you think this is a good or a bad idea? Oh man, this is uh, a bit of a risk <laughs> for, <laughs> okay, for Epic Games. Okay, I'm not gonna, to I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it that like that. So House Party app, if you don't know, uh, is an app that's been around uh, since uh, it's been our gained popularity since the beginning of COVID. Uh, but it allows you to connect with your friends on an application. You can turn on a video, you can interact with them, etc. So now with this integration into Fortnite, while you play with your friends, you can turn the video on and interact with them live in the game. Yeah, and, I and just don't see this going well. <laughs> and I just wanted to also preface this by saying Epic Games and House Party are actually partnered up in some way, shape, or form, right? House Party mm -hmm. has been either backed by them or, you know, Epic owns a piece of this app or something like that. So it makes sense, right, to integrate your businesses within one another in an organic and yeah. fun way, right? Tim Sweeney, founder of CEO, uh, founder and CEO of Epic Games, has teamed up with the House Party, uh, you know, pretty much last year. So now that we're finally seeing this first cross integration with it, I saw a lot of people putting up the red flag on the internet because let's be honest here, Epic is a game with a very young demographic. Of course, mm. there's a bunch of boomers like me and you and all of our listeners here today, which a lot <laughs> of us are probably dads, have kids, have nephews, have nieces, all this kind of family, right? It's no surprise that the younger folk are the ones playing this game. The younger folk are probably going to one that are going to, you know, bite into this house party app and want to try it out. And, I don't know about you, but as a parent and someone who is, you know, looking at this from my perspective here right now, I wouldn't want my face being house party with any stranger, let alone a, a younger person. Um, my kid, for for example, using an app to possibly FaceTime or party, whatever house party with strangers on a game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think there has to be additional layers to this to protect users especially people that are underage because it really does open up uh, a, a can of worms uh if somebody gets added to a friends list that they say they're one thing and they're really something else like a catfish situation or you're you're connecting with your friends and then something happens and and one thing leads to another, and something is shown, and bam, you just had Fortnite, and this happened. Especially for streamers, too. They definitely couldn't use this. Yeah, this is crazy. So, And, and there's a couple of things here. It says there's a safety feature. It says, House Party Video Chat in Fortnite is cropped to focus on players' faces. You'll be giving Fortnite-themed virtual backgrounds, so only your face is shown to other players. Parents can turn off House Party Video Chat within Fortnite's parental controls. House Party's video chat on Fortnite is designed for ages 13 plus. Since you can be, since you must be 13 and older to use House Party's account. So this is another one of those instances where Epic, as a game that tries to be, you know, tries to appeal to all, is introducing a collaboration with an entity in this instance that is 13 and older, right? So mm -hmm. I don't know how that works with the rating of the game, but obviously. It does get kind of weird, and I love how they were like, don't worry, we're going to make sure it's your face only. It's what it's designed for, but that's yeah. the whole point. <laughs> like, you know, the fact that they even have to use these kind of languages, like, 
It, yeah. It, it's so risky. I don't know how else to say it, it man. This just sounds crazy. Is. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Uh, I think, and and think about the parental guidelines, right? We obviously haven't wait, seen wait, what that looks like. Look at this. Look at this. There's so. <laughs> here's a part. It's easy to block anyone that you don't want to be in your video chat. <laughs> Within house party, tap in their face and tap block. You see what I mean? Like the fact that they're they have even to have to go way. this far. Yeah, all these disclaimers of, you know, like, I don't know. It gets kind of crazy. They go on to talk about how to report people for offensive videos, harassments, and all that kind of stuff. This is just an awareness, honestly, outreach to all the people out there. I think most of y'all are going to side with me on this one. Um, it's coming to the game. I think November, what's it, the 20th here? So there'll be a skin yeah. achieved. If you can uh, grind with your friends and, and run a couple games with them, you'll be able to unlock a, a skin. So if you're going to do it, err on the side of caution. Obviously, hopefully, you know, everyone has great experiences with it. But if you have little ones, house parental or turn on the parental controls, because this is an interesting one. That it is. And hopefully those parental controls actually control and not it's not just like an on and off switch that anybody can just turn on and off. Yeah, like but, your, your kid just goes in and, and just, turns it off again. Like, <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, well, all right, Panda. It's been a, a pretty fun episode. Had to end it on one of the no. more controversial topics tonight because, you know, it, it was just one of those ones that I'm tiptoeing around. It, it, it's a very interesting conversation. We'll see where it goes. Obviously, we're, we're looking at this from... I guess a pessimistic point of view, but I don't know how else to look at this one. Either yeah, way, though. I don't either. Uh, Pan, I'm going to give you the floor really quickly. Let the people at home know where they can find you for today's episode. Absolutely. You can find me on twitch.tv forward slash life with Panda uh, all week long, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and then you can find me on Twitter at lifewpanda. If you have any questions, come holla at me. All right, guys, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so very much for tuning in for today's episode. 124 of the Fortnite podcast. Hope you guys enjoy this. Your boy, Monster D-Face. You can find me at Monster D-Face on all social medias. As usual, send all of your complaints to me at the Fortnite podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you see the comments, leave the reviews, all that good stuff. Don't forget to do that. I haven't really been telling y'all, but, you know, it goes a long way to support <laughs> us and keep us up. Um, Yeah, with that, guys, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales.